Well, thanks for having us for this very special day. And it is just a pleasure being with the Australia for Christ church community. Uh, in fact, we were with you this past Tuesday, and we're going to be with you for the next three weeks with Empower Bible College doing a whole series on marriage and parenting. So I would encourage you to tune in and via Zoom, and you can ask any questions. We love being of service. And that's what Focus on the Family is all about, strengthening families and strengthening relationships. Well, we're here for Father's Day, but we're talk, going to talk a little bit about our background. So we have been married for 30 years and we have three adult sons, a daughter-in-law and a precious little grandson. I know. <laughs> yes, he's melted our heart. And, uh, and so we're here to talk about Father's Day with you. And so Brett's going to start us off. And this day can actually be mm. one of mixed emotions, one where it's great joy and happiness and appreciation. And then there's others that are a little bit sad and a little bit hurt from they didn't have a father that was engaged or involved or loving them the way that they needed. And, uh, and maybe you have lost your father. And so this day is a myriad of different emotions. And in fact, we have both lost our fathers. Uh, one 13 years ago and another 11 years ago. Mm. So we've had both fathers gone and that was a real loss to us because we thought they'd be around to speak into the lives of our sons. And so it doesn't matter where you are or where you've been on this journey. Or, you know, right now you might be walking through something that's quite complicated with your father or from past hurts from your father. Mm. But we want to talk about our heavenly father and how he makes you feel and what the truth is about you, what he says about you. So you are accepted. You are loved. You are valued. You are chosen. You are his creation. You are forgiven and you are precious in his sight. One of the most important things for a human being is to know that they are seen and they are known. And that's what God does. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You have an eternal inheritance with him. And there is nothing you can ever do that will separate you from the love of God. And as we have just shared is that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. But we also know that people want to be loved and accepted in their own families. And we know yes. that life can throw you some curveballs and it can be very complicated. Yeah. And we're going to be here to talk to you about healthy families. I know, surprise, surprise, they've asked <laughs> Focus on the Family to come and speak about this topic. Mm -hmm. And some people will say, oh, well, I don't really have a family or maybe I've got a dysfunctional family. Or maybe I, I haven't even started thinking about family. We hope and trust there'll be something for everyone as we share today. And we're going to sim uh, share with you four simple attributes, by no means exhaustive, about how to have a healthy family. But I'm just going to open in prayer uh, to start the day off right. Hold my hand. Yes, we'll that's start a good well. idea. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you that uh, we can come before you on this day about fathers. For some of us, it hasn't been a great experience. For others, they've had a, a loving and attentive father. But whatever journey we've been on, Lord, we know that you are our, our heavenly father, the one who created us, the one who knows us intimately. And Lord, we ask that as we speak today, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will really touch all of us to the point where 
wounds that have happened, Lord, that you will pour your healing balm over them. Lord, we thank you for this privilege in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And there may be some people who are tuning in that may not even have a faith and not part of the Australia for Christ Church community. And we are so grateful that you're tuning in. And may you be open to what God has for you during this time. I mean, we are all going through a bit of a crisis, whether it was pre-COVID, during COVID or post-COVID. There is always going to be challenges and obstacles and difficulties going through life. And what we're going to be sharing with you uh, is going to be helpful, hopefully now and into the future, about how to have a healthy family. In fact, Jesus himself said in John 16, 33, I have told you... All of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Ain't that the truth? Yes, it is. (laughs) But take heart because I have overcome the world. And we also very sensitive and very mindful, despite your best efforts and despite uh, your your determination to have a healthy family. We know that by the choices of others or the circumstances, that has not been the case. But we also hope that people who are gonna go through trials and are gonna go through situations, that we hope that you'll put some of the things that we're gonna share with you into practice, because really what it comes down to, that your decisions and your choices will determine the health and well-being of your family. Look, we're all, as Brett was saying, we're all going to come up against strife or pressure or conflict. I mean, I know, imagine (laughs) when there's more than one person, more than yourself, there there is a a propensity for there to be some kind of conflict, Conflict. isn't there? There, it, It can happen. And so when that happens, we tend to resort to a foundation of the past. We can default to what we've known if we haven't intentionally changed that. Yeah. And so we have to be really careful that we've built our foundation on a firm foundation. And for Christians, our firm foundation is the rock, which is God. And so that brings me to that parable where he, you know, Jesus is talking about whoever builds his house on the rock will be solid, yeah. you know, basically solid. And so Matthew 7, 24 to 27 Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come, and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Mm, Amen. So the first thing we need to put into place for a healthy family is a firm foundation. And the firm foundation comes with a personal, individual relationship with God. This has to start when God introduces himself to you and you start getting to know him, the only way to get to know him is to read his word. That is his love letter to us. And so we need to get into the word. We need to be praying. We need to have mentors alongside us. We need to be listening to those who are, who have gone ahead in the faith journey and have developed real structure in their life 
around who God is and how he walks with us personally. So we want to enter any relationship with that firm foundation in place. And so if, it, look, let's say you come to Christ when you're al already in a relationship. Yep. Well, then that's when you start your journey yep. and that's where you start building your foundation. You can't build a foundation before you even understand what the foundation is going to be. Yep. So it's when you actually meet Christ and build your firm foundation on him. Yeah. And it's a really good point is that your relationship with God is the most important. Mm. It's not having another person to complete I, I, you. Oh, that's you know? right. <laughs> you know, like that, that uh, Jerry Maguire movie when uh, uh, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise looks into the camera and says, you complete me. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> <We're> just <laughs> Because God is our everything. Yeah. Our spouse or whoever is to complement us. Yeah. Very they, much so. They cannot complete us because they are human. They are imperfect. And so if we put everything onto another person and they disappoint us, yeah. then our whole everything foundation crumbles. Whereas if we have God as the center, he is our rock and storms go on around us, we'll not be shaken. Yeah. And so we have to be very careful that our foundation isn't on a pastor. It isn't on our husband or a, or a wife. It isn't on a best friend or, or, our, pa or our parents. That's yeah. right. They're, we're all fallible. The only one who isn't is God. Yeah. So that's where our foundation needs to be. So that firm foundation, and just to emphasize it, and there's many scriptures that talk about building your family on a firm foundation. In fact, in Psalm 127 verse one, unless the Lord builds a home, mm. the work of the builders is wasted. We need to have God as building our home. And we had our, at our wedding, we had a song sung over us and to be a household of faith. And we wanted our, our relationship our relationship to be based on a foundation of faith in God. And when the strong winds blow, it won't fall down. Yeah. That was one of the lines because we knew that as we journeyed through our married life and our family life, that storms are going to come. Yeah. That is a fact. Very much and so. And so we have to be prepared for that. And so as you place your faith and hope and trust in God, it enables you to face these many issues that will come yep. <laughs> and it is going to come. Jesus said it himself, we're going to have many troubles and sorrows. But so part of uh, getting through things and having a healthy family is having a firm foundation and allowing God to heal the wounds of the past and the baggage that we bring into a relationship. And that is so very important because it takes two healthy individuals to make a healthy marriage and a healthy family. Well, that's right. I mean, we've all got stuff. <laughs> we, we are both been in two separate. She had so much stuff. I had stuff. <laughs> I had one of those three-piece luggage sets. You know, those really big ones, not the little ones, the really big ones, um, because we come from different families. Our families of origin are one of the biggest contributors yeah, to so. our baggage. And so for us to come into a marriage healthy, we have to front up to what our baggage is. And that is to ask ourselves some tough questions yeah. because it can be painful. It may not be our fault and that's okay, but it doesn't mean we don't have to front it and say, how has this actually affected me? Yeah. Because what we do is we pack all that baggage, we take it, 
and then we share it. Yeah. <laughs> we share it, but lots of times we don't share it, we dump it. And so our responses and our reactions come out of our past. Yeah. And if we don't look at the wounds that we have and work through them, and I encourage you to seek help with that. Yeah. Um, something appropriate, whether it's a counsellor, a pastor, uh, mentors who can speak into your life yeah. with love and who are experienced. Generally, peers are not the best people. Yeah. We're talking not people who are the same age. We're talking people who have walked the journey yeah. um, and come out the other end because you, otherwise we sabotage. We will sabotage our relationships yeah. and we don't know why. So we need to be asking ourselves the tough questions. Why do we keep arguing over the same things? Why are we getting so angry? Mm. Why are we so frustrated? We need to work through that. And Kate actually experienced the potential for sabotage and she did all the hard yards to heal it and it was still dealing with it. Isn't well, that, that correct? That's right. So I came from a, a home that was fractured and it was a happy home up until mid-teens and then it became quite fractured. And so I looked at that and I went, oh my goodness, if I don't deal with this, I'm gonna take it into future relationships. So I went and had counseling and talked to people who had gone ahead um, dealing with situations like ours. Uh, fortunately for us, God was very faithful, mm. stepped in. My mum was, her, her relationship with God was so solid on the rock. Her foundation was so solid that she allowed God to heal the wounds, heal them, put the yeah. balm on it. And so they renewed their wedding vows and had a happy marriage for 17 years yeah. before he died. And so God can heal mm. our wounds if, if, there's a big if, yeah. if we allow him and if we are prepared to do the hard yards. Yeah. So that's the first tip or a first attribute yeah. to having a healthy family is having a firm foundation on God. Mm. The second one is having an attitude or a developing or a learning yeah. to be able to commit. And this is a really uncomfortable word in our culture today. Mm. Unfortunately, you know, the health and well-being of a healthy family often is determined by the health and well-being of husband and wife, mum and dad. And if they do that well, it actually builds uh, the momentum for a healthy family and right. for your children to have healthy families later on. And the best gift we can effect. give our kids yeah. is to love each other. And in That's fact, the, the kids gift. like the yucky love stuff. <laughs> You know, they might go, ooh. <laughs> Our kids used to say when they were little, oh, get a room. And I'd say, absolutely get a room. But then, you know, this, <laughs> this is, is G-rated. I was going to say, this yeah. is a family message. I mean, we had one of our sons who was 21. We were kissing in the kitchen. Yep. And he came out and filmed us <laughs> and put it on Facebook and said, mum and dad getting hot and heavy in the kitchen. We got a few likes for we that. We did. Though. We got a few likes. Uh, but he came out and he said to us, Whilst, you know, they joke about it, he said, the fact that you love each other makes me feel safe. Now, this is out of the mouth of a 21-year-old. Yeah. So we have to be really aware that this is the best gift we can give our kids. Yeah. We might think, oh, we better not do that in front of the kids. But this, the message we're sending to our children makes them feel safe. Yeah. So we have to get over, if we're not demonstrative people, you know, of showing affection, 
sometimes we've got to get over that because our kids need to see yeah. it. And, and marriage has been designed by God mm. and it is a reflection of Christ's commitment yeah. to the church. In fact, it says in Ephesians 5.25, for husbands, this means loving your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her, which means that commitment level is pretty high. The bar has been lifted and the best yeah. marriages happen when husbands and wives commit to each other in a way that reflects Christ. And maybe this isn't your journey at the moment, but we ask that you open up your heart to think about how you have your relationship as a commitment. And I think everyone loves this idea, for better or for worse, for richer and poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. There's something about longevity in about in, in that. Yeah. And we all love it seeing a mature age person walking down the road, mm. holding hands. We all want yeah. that and desire that to have a healthy yeah. family. But I saw this definition of commitment and it actually says, staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood and the emotion you set it in has left you. And that happens in so many relationships in marriage. You're mm. not making me happy. I'm going to move on. You're not doing what I wanted. I'm going to move on. But even as a young person, as a single, yeah, that's even right. then, you know, let your word be your bond. When you say you're going to do something, you might have meant it when you said it, but then later on you get distracted and things go that's awry. Right. But let your word be your bond. Let us be people of commitment. And I trust that when you are, have an attitude of commitment, your family will also improve. We, we think about marriage as we're in love. Love goes up and down with seasons. So we need to be really careful that we don't say, oh, I've fallen out of love. Love is a choice. And so I spell love, C-O-M-M-I-T-M-E-N-T, -E no, commitment. That, that's not actually how you spell it, it's L-O-V-E, <laughs> but I get what you, what, I get your point. You get, get my point? point. <laughs> and so, because there are seasons in life where you may not feel sappy, romantic love, but that, there, there are different love. Yeah. There are different kinds of love. There's unconditional love. Yeah. And our Heavenly Father gives us that. And we have to give that to our spouse because they are going to make mistakes. There are going to be times when you're just angry with them. But your commitment to stick with it yeah. and see it through we'll get will through not this. only strengthen your relationship, but improve intimacy because they've seen your ugly parts and choose to still love you. <laughs> and know. let's face it, we've all got ugly parts. We've got ugly parts of our heart that we don't really want to share with anybody else, but our spouse is the one who gets to see them. Yeah. And so we have to make the choice to love regardless. Yeah. And as I said, commitment doesn't come naturally, but we'd also encourage you to start having that attitude to learn to be even better and more committed. Mm. And not get stuck in the, oh, I'm not happy. Yeah because that's not actually what God called us to. <laughs> God called us to love God and love others. He doesn't say, well, if you're not happy, then you're out. That's okay. Yeah. He calls us to commit. You want to do number three, Kate? So number three. So number one is to- Firm foundation. Yep, build our firm foundation. Then is to learn to be committed. It doesn't come naturally. We have to learn it. And the third is to learn to serve sacrificially. So good. This is probably one of the hardest things for people to do because that we are self-centered individuals. We want it to make it ourselves centric. Yeah. Our world is centric. If you're, you know, you like this, buy this. If you want to do that, do that. And so we get caught up in that world. And if when our needs aren't being met, then we're not happy. 
but our but living the Christian life and doing it God's way is countercultural. Yeah. So being sacrificial means putting aside your wants, your needs, and serving others. And I've got a great story because. Uh, several months ago, back when we could actually see our son and daughter-in-law, we were yeah. sitting and talking about what this means to serve. And they shared with us that when they first got married, they sat down and said, we're going to try and outserve each other. We're going to make it a bit of a game. Competition. A competition, because they're both competitive. Who can outserve each other? And we looked at it, Brett and I looked at each other and we went, you know, we never stopped to think about that per se, mm. but they have made a choice and a decision to sacrifice their own wants and needs of how can they make the other person's life easier? How can they uh, make it special? How can they make the other person feel valued and really speak into the other love languages of their spouse? And we not only do that with our husband or our, you know, a husband or wife, but it's for our children too. How can we serve the rest of the family? Mm. How can we serve others? How we put, how do we, do we question ourselves and say, are we self-focused? What have we really done today to serve somebody else? Yeah, that's so and, and it's so, it's so necessary to question that because we can get to the end of a week and go, really, what have we done for anyone else apart from what we want? Yeah. Um, you know, we've gone to bed when we want, we've got up, we've made our own breakfast, we've gone off to work, we've done our own work, we haven't really encouraged anybody or helped anybody. Mm. And we get to the end of the week and gone, really, what have we done? Well, that's so, a great verse in Ephesians where it says, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ, which it, means it's not just wives submitting to husbands, it's husbands submitting to wives, right. kids submitting to their parents, parents, parents submitting to their kids, and yeah. believe it or not, kids submitting to your siblings. I know. <laughs> no. That, that's a big thing. That's right. And that just means considering them, yeah. putting them first. And the other scripture, Philippians 2, 3, don't be selfish. There it is. <laughs> it's right there. Not a good thing. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others better than yourself. So very good. So there's the three so far. And we've got a fourth yeah, one. So, so firm foundation on God, being able to... Be committed. Learn to, learn to commit. And then to be able to learn to serve sacrificially. And the fourth one, and again, we're not by no means exhaustive. The one is to seek wisdom. And again, this is a, a, a wisdom in the world is quite distorted. It's actually mm. what's in it for me. How can I be happy? Yeah. And that is a distorted and a, yeah. not a very successful way of looking at wisdom. In fact, the a part of having that wisdom is to actually saying, I'm going to go for God for wisdom. He is my rock. He is my foundation. And when we seek his wisdom, it actually protects us. It actually guards us. I mean, in Proverbs, it says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation yeah. of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Proverbs, again, got a lot of wisdom there. It says in Proverbs 8, 11, for wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. I oh, know that's extraordinary, is it? I mean, when they're talking about rubies, yeah. you know, valuable, it's some... In the, the, the world, the, eye of the eyes of the world. That's right. Yeah. It, I mean, they place it in, in a, a very disposable yeah. thing rather than this treasured 
Yeah. Item. I think sometimes, you know, even as Christians, we can get caught up with, oh, I'm waiting for a prophecy or I'm waiting for God to send some big message from the heavens when really his wisdom is in his Bible. Yeah. We just have to read his word. Mm. Um, developing a love of wisdom will not only help you navigate any issues, past, present and future, future. <laughs> uh, but it will increase your chances of success increase your chances of success <laughs> in any relationship that you are going to go into in the future. Mm. God uses people to work with him. Yeah. So we have to seek out people with godly wisdom. Seek them out. Look at their lives. Yeah. Um, the fruit of the Spirit will be in their lives. And so we need to look into them and allow them to speak into our lives. Mm. Uh, I mean, wisdom is so important. We can look for mentors in our business life, you know, yeah, our, our work true. life who, who will instruct us. We look for it. In, we should be looking for family mentors to encourage us along. Marriage uh, mentors. Marriage mentors, even friends, spiritual mentors. It doesn't matter what it is. We, we should be seeking out those who have gone ahead. I think sometimes we can get really caught up in um, what we know. Yeah. And it's, you know, that scripture where it says, be not wise in your own eyes. Our blind spots <laughs> can, can really make us think we know better. Yeah. Uh, and we have to be very careful of that. We need to acknowledge that people who have walked ahead of us know better. And we're not saying by putting all these four things that's going to make you immune from the challenges and the trials no. and the storms of life at all. In fact, I can guarantee you will have storms either tomorrow or the next day. And we're in a current storm with the COVID and the uncertainty, what that's going to look like. But we can have a God's peace. We can have a peace that passes all of our own natural understanding yeah. if He is our rock and our foundation. In fact, what we'd love to be able to see today, the decisions that you make today will determine your present or your future. And putting that those those four attributes, and as I said, no, by no means exhaustive, but we have to put those seeds of attributes into our lives. In fact, Galatians, and you've probably heard this time and time again, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will also reap. Yeah. And so our prayer for you is that you will sow healthy seeds into your life with God as your foundation. Be willing to serve sacrificially, being committed to one another. This is the whole family. And even whether you've got a family right now, you're in a family of community, a yeah, family of God. God. Yeah. And finally, to seek wisdom. And we hope that today, this Father's Day, despite your past or your present, or maybe you are genuinely celebrating the father figures in your life. May you show great appreciation, but most importantly, show the great appreciation to the father heart of God for you. Let's close in prayer. Father God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to share some keys from your word about how to have a healthy family. And I pray for those who are watching and listening to this, that they'll be able to put those things into practice to improve the health and well-being of their marriage, to improve the health and well-being of their families, to allow you to enter into the wounds and hurts of the past and to be able to go from strength to strength to enjoy all that you have for us. You have sent your son Jesus to give us life and life to its full. And I pray and speak health and well-being 
into all families. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Maybe you're watching this and you're going, what is this thing about God? There's something within you that's actually drawing you and saying, hey, I would like that. I want to have an intimate relationship with my Heavenly Father. And I don't have that. It's just simply one prayer away. Would you repeat after me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die upon a cross to have all of my sins forgiven. I choose today to have you as Lord of my life. And I know when my life is over, I will be able to spend eternity with you. Thank you for loving me so much. In Jesus' name.